Everybody, this is Brad Bruce, and I'm here with Jason Marsiglia, and you are listening to the 5195 Podcast. 14. Isn't that funny? It is. It's pretty cool. I think so. This this is getting easier. It's rolling. I like that. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're way beyond the awkward phase, and this just feels... All right, let's do another one. Finding a groove. A, a very, very much. I it, like it. It's pretty nice. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Just uh, working and writing, my dude. Same old, same old. Yeah, same. I would love to be able to get to a place to where I have free time to actually watch movies again. We talk about movies a lot, and every 80s movie or 90s movie, they're they're under the belt. Yeah. But then when it comes to new stuff, it's just like... Staying on top of the game. Yeah, it's like, no, no, I haven't seen it. Do I own it? Yeah, it's still sealed. <laughs> oh, man. But Yeah, I've definitely got that problem, too. Yeah, where... and it's like, you know, we both almost have, like, the equivalent to a home theater. We do. We should be enjoying. And enough movies to f- fill a video store. Like, Twice we've, over. We've, we've basically got our video stores, personal video stores. So never for want of something to watch. Just the time to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like it's never there. Sadly, with me... As a nine to five guy, when COVID hit, we got put on a staggered schedule of you'll be in the office this many days working from home this many, like a three and five out of a five day week. And what I started doing was I've got a TV and Blu-ray player in my office at home. I would just pop in a movie and either listen to a commentary or if, if it was a particularly slow day, pop in something I haven't seen and just kind of work while giving it attention. I know that's not the ideal way to do it, but that's kind of my way to get it in. And if it's something that is intriguing enough that it's pulling my attention away from my work, I'll take it out and I'll put it aside. And hopefully if I can outlast the kids, as far as staying awake, I'll pop it in when everyone goes to bed and give it my undivided attention. Right. Which is how I prefer to do it anyway. That said, (laughs) because I do want to give movies my undivided attention, I do tend to pop in tried and true shit that I've seen before so that you kind of keep an ear open, but you don't have to watch it. But that's how I get my movies in. Yeah. And if, if I get burned out, I'll put on like the forensic files channel or something. Just, it's almost the equivalent of listening to a podcast like we're doing now. Yeah. Hopefully whoever's listening to this, preferably you're just working and we're helping you get through your day because that mild distraction is nice. Helps the day roll. Yeah. It's not the ideal way that I would like to watch a movie, but it's kind of all I've got. So having this many movies under our belt, being fans of film, Mm -hmm. you kind of get accustomed to certain things. Like me, like I love horror films like you. Yeah. And they can kind of tend to be redundant. Sure. So I have a question posed to you. Mm -hmm. What are some of your, like a, a cinema pet peeve? So you're thinking like recurring themes or 
actions that yes that and also go we can go as far as to a theater pet peeve as well it's just to add an extra layer to it so it's like the actual film itself and then like i almost have more theater pet peeves than i do film pet peeves are you talking about the movie theater movie going experience okay not like stage theater no 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 like yeah going sitting down in a theater with a group and watching a film yeah that drive me fucking crazy to the point i have to say something or go ask the manager for my money back because I want to watch the movie that and bad. something's going on. Yeah. Sure. And maybe it's not even that bad to the regular person. No, but, but if you practically live there like we used to, you know? It's pretty bad. Because there was a time where when I was in high school, I worked at Sam's Club just shucking carts in the parking lot. Uh-huh. And when you worked afternoons at Sam's Club, unlike a place like Myers, which is 24-7, Sam's Club would close at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. If you worked that shift... You didn't go home until the lot was spick and span. What we wound up doing, the Sam's Club that I worked at, was literally a mile down the road from the theater. So in high school, me and my coworkers and my buddies, which were other high school friends typically, we'd close up and then run to the theater, and it was almost a nightly thing. So I'm with you there. Where yeah. If you live at the theater, and there was a long stretch where I did... I could see where certain practices would be like, seriously, you guys haven't fixed that yet. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to hear yours. And then I'll I'll talk about... Okay, so as far as film? Sure, we'll start there. Yeah, okay, so it's not specific to one film. It's just sort of like all blended in together, things which, that happen. Which is what I... Th- I think that's what we should stick to is a common theme and not just one... Yeah. Because you can nitpick one movie. Yeah. But if... A genre has these earmarks that they keep doing, despite the fact that they've become cliche. That's the kind of shit that gets on my nerves, I'm sure. Right, Okay, so it's only a couple. Okay. The the first one is, it's more funny than anything. I understand the suspension of disbelief, but when there's a shootout, a firearm that's only supposed to carry 6 to 12 rounds is somehow firing 100, 200 <laughs> rounds without reloading. Yeah. that's hila- It's just hilarious, and it's taken away from what's really going on. Sure. Because it's like, come on. <laughs> come yeah. on. Yeah. Which is funny because, yeah, you're, you're right. Action movies in particular, westerns even, yeah. when we're talking about guns, you're supposed to suspend disbelief, but to a degree. <laughs> yeah. At least don't make it so outrageous. Yeah. I can pull it back to horror for one. The one that stands out to me, always stood out to me, was I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. Okay. Not a great sequel. <laughs> and, I, and I'm and i one of the few that really, I champion the first one. I, just, oh, I do too. I think it's a fun movie. It is a really fun movie. But part two was so phoned in. And there's this scene at the end where... Freddie Prince Jr. has bought a revolver, and it looks like your standard six-shooter. Jennifer Love Hewitt is in the Bahamas, and she's in danger. The fisherman's back. So he's way back in North Carolina, South Carolina, wherever their old town was, and he buys a revolver. Okay. Okay? So what? Standard six bullets, give or take? Yeah. Um, He buys it flies all he doesn't even fly he like takes a boat all the way to the bahamas (laughs) which apparently only takes a couple of hours you know because speedboat yeah speedboat (laughs) all the way around us of a he gets to the island somehow finds her and squares off with the fisherman picks up the gun cocks it back click nothing and then he gets his ass handed to him and the gun gets thrown (laughs) okay so 
if we're talking about a six shooter, he's already missing one bullet. Okay. <laughs> so now we've realistically got five. At some point during the melee, Hewitt picks up the gun and I shit you not, she must put eight or nine bullets into this fucking guy <laughs> okay. to put, you know, and it's like, and she's like, just fucking die. And it's just bang, 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 bang. And I'm counting at this point. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no fucking way. And the thing is, if the movie was more fun, I'll give it a pass. It's stupid, but I'll give it a pass. But by that point, the movie's almost over and I haven't had much fun. So I'm like, fuck you and your bullets. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I agree with you, though, where it's just ridiculous. And it's like, there's no fucking way. It's like, how dumb do you think we are? Right. And that's why I kind of appreciate movies like John Wick, where every 30 seconds you see him whipping a new magazine into it. Because there's millions of bullets flying in those <laughs> movies. But you keep seeing him reload. And unless you do it smoothly, it could be a dip in the action to see something realistic, like reloading a gun. It, he makes it look so smooth and effortless, like he is a hitman. Mm -hmm. That I notice it, I appreciate it, and I move on. Thank you for giving Thank me you. that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know. So the other one for me, <laughs> it's funny because you see it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. That's whether it be the end of a movie or you know into the the second act, going into the third act or whatever. There's either a bomb or there's some sort of explosion where the star or whatever it may be is like the hero's walking away and there's an explosion behind him mm -hmm. and he's just walking slowly <laughs> towards the camera like with, a badass with all this carnage and debris and shrapnel flying at thousands of feet per second and like 2000 degree flames right behind him but he's still he's walking to his car like you would after the flick just <laughs> yeah whatever yeah and they do it a lot you know what's funny i don't know if i ever thought that was badass yeah. But I never had time because they did it so much that it became a cliche, which is funny because it's it's the antithesis to this. The scene in the first Naked Gun <laughs> where after this car chase, a guy is, without boring you with the details, he's riding a fucking missile <laughs> and gets fired through a gas truck that goes into a fireworks store. And like you said... Frank Drebin, Leslie Nielsen's in the foreground and there's just carnage behind him. There's people on fire and he's going, nothing to see here. Please turn around. Nothing to see here. You know, and it's just that's in, a, in the absurdity world of the naked gun. I prefer that over the badass who doesn't even get a lick of flames on the top of his jacket. I agree. So, yeah. And his hair doesn't even wisp. I totally agree. So, yeah, I that's. I would definitely lump that in as a pet peeve. One of mine is needle drops. I've got a couple of examples <laughs> okay. that really drive me fucking crazy. Okay. Whether it's just cliche or tone deaf or whatever. One that we've talked about before, you and I, if a movie takes place in Vietnam, you're going to hear CCR or you're going to hear All Along the Watchtower by <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Guaranteed. And it's, and it's usually a shot of, like, choppers. Flying you know, in formation. Flying in formation. Over a smoky forest. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> the second I see a movie takes place in Vietnam, I'm like, well, it's just a matter of time. Before. You know what's coming. Oh, along the water. <laughs> yeah, that's... Dun, 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 dun. 
Ding, ding, ding. I'm like, oh, I, I guess we're in Vietnam now. I guess it's the only two songs our soldiers ever listened to while that was they it. were the there. The only two they Just had. Just those two. It was, you know, it was an A side and a B side, and that's all they had. That was it. That was the soundtrack to Vietnam. That's it. And it drives me up the goddamn wall. All the great rock songs of that era, and you're like, you know, these two? That's Vietnam, man. That's Viet fuck. War in the Viet fucking Nam. So yeah, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. But another one that drives me insane, and I'm sure this happens in other movies, the one that stands out to me that I just, I almost turned it off. I was so fucking mad at this needle drop. Bridget Jones's Diary with Renee Zellweger. And the thing is, it annoyed me. Because I feel like I'd seen it dozens of times prior, but for some reason, this instance stood out because I think it was the last straw. <laughs> okay. When, and I, and, and I say this, being a feminist, I love empowered women and all mm-hmm. this stuff, but when a woman tells off her sleazy, gropey, sexist boss, and all of a sudden you hear, R-E-S-B-C-T, I'm like, no, 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 no. Why the fuck are you... It's just... It's obnoxious almost. Yeah. It takes a great song, but it's like... You give the woman her mic drop moment, and that's the only song... Why do, why do you gotta use a song? You know, it's not like... <laughs> it fucking drives me insane. I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, here we go with the R.E.S.P.s. You know, it's yeah. such a cliched, obvious, stupid needle drop. <laughs> that it literally... I'm getting fucking mad just thinking about it. Because it's just... You sucked... The power out of her moment, yeah, by dropping that a song that was fine up until you used it in these moments all the time. Stuff like that really irritates the shit out of me. So needle drops, yeah, obvious ones, obvious ones. I remember just to take it back to another Hugh Grant movie. Maybe it's his fault. Uh, <laughs> do you remember Two Weeks Notice with him and Sandra Bullock? Yes. So in a romantic comedy, you don't typically have a scene where a woman eats to the point where she has to desperately shit and what plays when she's looking for a toilet taking care of business i'm like are we fucking eight like who's watching this movie this is i took my date to a romantic funny movie and you've basically got a song about labor <laughs> and you're playing it during a scene where Sandra Bullock is holding her butt yeah. to keep from exploding. I'm like, what What just happened? Yeah. What the fuck? And it was just, it drove me insane. It really did. Yeah. I'm like, why would you play that song? First of all, why would you have this scene? But then you double down and make it dumber with a song like that. I hate it. That could be one of my biggest pet peeves is bad needle drops. I, I can see that. Because the thing is with movies, good or bad, a movie can use a song and it will imprint that movie in your brain with that song forever yeah stuck in the middle reservoir dogs immediately any tarantino movie frankly he Mm -hmm. he has a gift for putting the right songs in the right films but he's also made it to where now you'll only think of that movie when that song Mm -hmm. plays john landis american werewolf every song has wolf or moon in the titles Mm -hmm. is it obvious yeah Mm -hmm. but it's not used in a cliche way they just kind of sneak in is the opening to that one Blue Moon? Just a version of yes. it? It's one of those deals where it's not so obvious until you've watched it a couple of times and you're like, I see a pattern here. It's not thrown in your face. There's certain movies. I remember Gordon Lightfoot's If You Could Read My Mind. Beautiful 70s song. They played it at the end of Wonderland, like a minute after the massacre. Okay. And it 
kind of tainted the song for me. Yeah. Because it was like, that was, I'm shook by the true crime that just happened in this film, obviously acted out. But then you end the movie with that rather poignant song. And I'm like, you've kind of given the song a weird vibe now because I'm associating it with a rather heinous, brutal scene in a movie now. And I know sometimes that's the hip thing to do. I'm going to take an innocuous song and put a dark spin on it. Yeah. But I, I don't think that was the intention of that one, but it's like just the same. If I hear that song by Gordon Lightfoot, I think of that horrible night on Wonderland Avenue. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And you, you think that's what they were doing though? You do, think, you think they were trying to achieve that or you think they just like, I don't know. I don't know. Because sometimes we, we you and I talked about like stand by me mm-hmm. a few episodes back and obviously, the story was called The Body. Stand By Me, it was titled that based on the song. That was a Reiner right, choice. Right. Because of that movie is so emotionally taxing and so heartbreaking, I will always associate that song with that movie rather than the other way around. You see what I mean? I do. There's needle drops that work, and there's needle drops that can have an effect. But the peeve of mine is the one where you're like... What's a good song for taking a shit? <laughs> taking care of business. Taking care of business. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, I even didn't like when Toy Story 2 came out and they changed Thin Lizzy's song to The Toys Are Back in Town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that. Now I can't hear The Boys Are Back in Town and not think of fucking Pixar. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'll be honest with you. That's okay. Then I got one too then. Because sure. Because that's one for me. Cause, I, I hated that. Because I am a like a ridiculously big thin lizzie fan yeah yeah and i do like toy story me too i do but you're but it right. made it it's just it was kind of an irritating marketing it was gimmick and it i was. know and i know it was in jest because you've changed the lyric every time i hear the boys are back in town i'm like toy story 2 <laughs> and it just and it just kind of makes it stupid now yeah. you know what i mean so what's yours then if that reminded you of one no that isn't like no i'm saying no that you that's one for me then i'm taking that one as my own because i am such a fan of both of those and i just there's no reason those two worlds should have never came together no it just they should have never come together it didn't match and it was just kind of strange it was cheap it was it was was cheap it was cheap and it, it sounds like a trivial thing but that's why we call them pet peeves but i can't disassociate the two anymore and that sucks so movies do have a bad habit of uh, they're taking the needle drop because it's a powerful tool. It is. When used correctly, it's amazing. One for me, and it's, it's not a pet peeve, it's more of like, and you don't hear the song because they made, I believe they made the song for the movie. I'm almost certain I would have to go, we'd have to go back and look it up and see. I think we'd have to go back and look and see, but I don't even know who did it. Did maybe goblin did it but it's because i'm a man for dawn of the dead mm-hmm. like when you even though there's no radio play for that song you know the the, the montage scene is that when they're just gathering shit they're up, all kinda... they're all the guys are hanging out and they're barbecuing and drinking and yeah. like military's coming into town and they're playing that song because oh, i'm a yeah, man yeah. yeah it just fits so fucking perfectly even though i'm i'm almost certain they made the song for the movie probably i'm almost I certain mean, and i want i think goblin did that song yeah, if not m- most of the soundtrack. I yeah, mean, that one for sure. Yeah, because there's definitely a lot of uh, DeWolf library cues in that film. Yeah, yeah. tons of them actually. But that, that, but that's a song. Like I said, even though it's like you don't turn on the radio and hear because I'm a man. Yeah, but when you do hear it, it's just like oh, it takes me back. I know exactly what that is. You know, because like I have it in a playlist and it'll pop up in a playlist. Sure, Goblin, Goblin did it. That that's 
I, I feel the same way about The Road That Leads to Nowhere by Hess, Last House on the Left. Yeah. That was made for the film, mm-hmm. I believe. Because mm-hmm. I know Hess was a musician. I don't think he had it on deck and gave it to Wes. I think it was for the... Well, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. That's one that's imprinted. Right. Because it's just a very poignant, hopeless song. It's before things get really bad mm-hmm. in that movie. You know, you know speaking of music <clears throat> in movies, this is something that I just... I don't know, thinking about as we're talking about this stuff, you know, movies from like the like the 30s and 40s and 50s, they didn't really have songs. They were no, just, just music score. cues. Yeah, score. it was score Sym- stuff. Symphonic. Yeah. And I almost like that better, I think. Yeah. I really do. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes it'll, because like, you know, with Tarantino, it's cool. You know, music is like a character. It is. You know, in all of his movies, which is, you know, it's cool. And he uses it. Right. He does. Yeah. He finds a way to make it fit the vibe. But it's like you take like uh, Bernard Herrmann in Psycho. Mm -hmm. There's no words, but that's just as big of a character. Oh, yeah. As the characters themselves. Or the lack of... That's a very strong score. Or the lack of score in The Birds. Exactly. Where he pulls all music out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we could do an entire show, but we probably will, about scores. Soundtracks. Scores. Specifically. Specifically. Composed for the film. Yeah. But yeah, soundtracks. And what's funny as far as soundtracks with like songs, you know, horror tends to be on the metal side mm-hmm. because metal and horror are both in your face genres. Right. So, so the marriage is makes sense. Right. So yeah, when you hear Swing in the Dead by Devil Driver, you're like, oh yeah, Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. You know, something like that. I do like that. But it's the ones that are just when they take something lyrically. Uh-huh. And try to match it to the action in the film. I'm like, that's stupid. Don't do that. You know, I'd rather just hear score or nothing at all. I love films with the score is a big part of the film. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, a character where you can hear a score and it'll take you back to a specific scene. Sure. Because, like, I do love a lot of older movies. Like, one of my favorite older movies is um, Rebel Without a Cause. Of course. The score in that is just so big. Yeah. You know, and it's so impactful to what this kid was going through, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I I can hear songs from that and know exactly what movie that's from. Sure. You know, and it's like, I don't even, don't even need words. It's, it, I have the same effect. And I think that was Leonard Rosenman who did the score for- For Rebel? For Rebel. <clears throat> and so it's like the same thing for, like Tarantino's doing with those songs. I th- I feel like these guys are doing the same thing with just a score. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's... Well, with Tarantino as well, depending on your era, he doesn't put a lot of immediately recognizable music into his films. Mm -hmm. He does put a lot of the surfer rock. Lots of B-side stuff. Lots of B-side stuff. So it's not like, oh, I hear this song every day. Of course he picked it for his movie. No, Mm -hmm. it's not like that. Um, It's not hearing Hero by Nickelback every day fucking day of the week i when, said i'd stop when spider-man came <laughs> oh, out that's yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know certain again certain needle drops just feel so tacky mm-hmm. it's just yeah well it's like take once upon a time in hollywood uh-huh the soundtrack th- throughout the movie mm-hmm. with the dj yeah talking throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. and playing it was genius in my opinion yeah if it wasn't in there it, I think it would be an entirely different movie. Sure. Because the music is great. All those old radio spots and commercials that they played were great. You mm-hmm. know, it was 
just as big as a character as Brad Pitt and DiCaprio. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think a, like a score episode would be good. I think so, too. But getting back to pet peeves, I don't have many, like I said, pet peeves for cinema. But I do have a couple of pet peeves for going to the, the theater. Okay. And I do have that. One is... I fucking hate watching commercials at the theater. Oh, me too. And not tra- not not previews, but no car commercials or fucking insurance M- Mountain commercials. Mountain Dew. And- We're watching com- the same shit that's at home. It's uh, yeah. Why yeah. are we doing that? I would rather you just put up the trivia cards and I'll just wait. Yeah, I'll wait. Yeah. When when I'm in the theater, I'm not on my phone. No. So even if like. We're watching a trivia or whatever it may be. If it's just flashing cards, you know, mm-hmm. I'd rather watch that instead of being on my phone. Right. But I feel like as soon as that shit comes on, it's like I'd rather be on my phone. That's funny because at least at the theaters in Michigan, by the time those the, those commercials really kick in, the lights have gone down and the THX has come up. And that's when I feel like. I got to put my phone away. Mm-hmm. Now it's dark in here, so I'm turning my light off. Yeah. So segueing from that to this next one, mm-hmm. is these motherfuckers that turn their phones on during the middle of a movie. Yeah. No, I don't like it. Brightness like all it. the way up. Like, yes. it drives me fucking crazy. I <laughs> I hate, to be honest, I turn the light down when I'm laying in bed. Because it's like, it'll melt your face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you're in a theater with other people just trying to look at the screen and... It's like a paparazzi amount of phones out. It's like, come the fuck on, people. Yeah. I don't even like it at concerts. I've been to so many metal concerts lately where the crowd is holding their phones up recording the show. And I'm like, don't you just watch the show? I don't want to watch this through my rectangle, you know. Later? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, just enjoy the show. You're here now. I could understand if you wanted to whip your phone out and take a picture of the band, the stage or whatever. But then pocket that shit and watch the show. So, yeah, the phone thing, 100%. I can't can't deal with that. I can't deal with the phone thing. And sadly, I remember, what was it, probably, maybe it was almost 10 years or so ago now, the guy who, sadly, his daughter called him while he was on a, he was out with his wife or girlfriend, and he busted out his phone for a second just to respond, and some idiot was so annoyed by it, he got up and shot the guy. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So even that, I'm like, you're there to watch a movie. I understand being annoyed. Mm-hmm. Is it enough to kill somebody? But here's somebody? the thing. In my defense, I told him to turn the fucking phone off. He didn't. How many I told times? the judge. It was twice. I told the judge. Mm-hmm. The judge said, oh, wait, this was at a theater? I said, yeah. He said, turn his fucking phone on. He's like, oh, okay, get, get out of here. I would have asked what you were watching. Would have Little had... Mermaid. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, you see why, you know? Yeah. You see why. No, no, no. <laughs> no that's something that's fucked up. <laughs> no, I, I do remember that. Yeah, that was, that was that. just an unfortunate case. And it was, again, phone in the theater. Granted, the guy could have, oh, my daughter's calling. Just get up and scoot to the lobby real quick. Well, see, I have a thing with, like, my immediate family. They all know I'm going. Yeah. Okay. Or they're with me. Mm-hmm. And I do have the brightness all the way down. Yes. So if someone does happen to call... It's obviously an emergency. Yeah, and that's why I gave this guy the benefit. And of that's the doubt. yeah, and it's like you know you what, know. emergency, fucking movie or not, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I look got, it like I that. gotta, you know. But I see people Texting. on their Instagram. Oh God, yeah. You, you know, are they on TikTok mm-hmm. in the fuck while the movie's playing? Stupid. And it just drives me fucking crazy. So you paid ten bucks to come in here and fuck around in your yeah. phone? Yeah. You know. and, you, and you know what's really funny? <laughs> Here's another one, and this is at a, the- at a theater. So I don't know your seating position, but I'm a I'm a I'm a high 
I love setting up high. Me too. Okay. Yep. I'm and, actually, I'm, I'm very much a top center. Yeah. Okay. So I do like that. Or I, I actually do like the sides as well. I like, I, li- the, I like the sides because I don't have to walk past anyone if I have to piss. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm already at the stairs. I'm not going to bother anyone. Right. So yeah, I, I do, I do like setting up. <laughs> you fucking totally fucking. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm in my forties now. <laughs> the bladder ain't what it used to be. And that big gulp was so good. It's fucking, it's so funny. Cause it took me, I thought you were going to say something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> you, really, you really did. And like, you made the thought go right out of my head. I'm going to have to think about this. Sorry. Sorry. No, it was fucking, it was hilarious. That was hilarious. But yeah, you know, I don't know, man. I, I do like going to the theater mm-hmm. because I like the communal experience. Me too. Me too. You know, and I understand certain times people, you know, they they got to take their kids mm-hmm. and I get it. Yeah. Kids talk. I'm a parent. I know kids talk, kids cry, kids, whatever. And I, I don't like, you know, scorn them for that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, it, it's the people that are on the fucking phones and shit that like drive me. Yeah. Me too. Absolutely fucking crazy. Um, one thing that used to be a pet peeve in theaters that has largely disappeared was the, uh, the distance between seats. Okay. You got your seat kickers. Here's uh most theaters now have a wider that was it aisle. <clears throat> that that's what I was gonna say. Okay. So you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. There yes, seat kickers, I, I can't I can't I drove can't me nuts. It. So this is what I would do back in the day. When the rows were really close and they didn't have all that leg room. Yeah. I would set up like you in the center. Mm-hmm. And the theater is basically fucking empty. Sure. And then in walks the fucking tallest motherfucker. I already know where you're going with, with this. With the biggest fucking amount of snacks and yeah. fuck everything. And where is he going to sit? Right in front of me. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, it's mother like, it's like fucker. This is more of a guy problem, but it's like the guy... You're in the bathroom at the urinal, and Bingo. there's like there's like six of them, and he comes right up next to you, like, "What's up, man?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Could you could you give me the buffer urinal, yeah. please?" Yeah, you know. It's like, so why are you shoulder to shoulder with me? <laughs> so what I what I would do to fix this problem? Because mm-hmm. I always try to get there early, and I want to be in the theater before anyone. Me too. Even though now you pick your seats, so your seats are safe. It is, but I I just I want to be there. Let me get settled. I want the lights to drop. Yes. On me. Okay. Yes. So what I would do is I would get there and I always order the biggest fucking barrel of soda with like, the, you know, there's straps to carry this fucker on your back. <laughs> this thing is so fucking big. Because after the movie, you're going to go on that hike in the, the Alps. Yeah. <laughs> so what I would do is I would get there and I would open that fucker and I would pour it in the four seats in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, you couldn't get away with that today because they no. purchased it first. Yeah. Well, they'll just make someone come in and clean it. Because, yeah, you know, they used to be like the cloth seats. Yes. Now it's the leather seat. But the cloth the cloth seats would suck it up. Yeah. And people would come in and sit right there. And I would be like, oh, no, you don't, you don't want to sit there. The seats are wet. Yeah. And she would touch. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Hey, I'm just looking out for no your No worries, sweet, man. Sweet I was ass. like, yeah, I was like, we did it. You know, like we sat there and they were wet. <laughs> now I got to deal with this shit. I know. So. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And even I didn't have to do it because then they're off to the side and someone else comes. Don't sit there. The seats are wet. Yeah. Now, I'm just now, like, now you've planted the seed and it's yeah. it's, it's already yeah. sowing so, the oats. And I used to do it behind me if, if there was 
I would do it behind me, and then I would do it in front of me. That's genius. And, and they're literally like a packed house. Yeah. I shit you not, there would be like four empty seats in front of me and behind You're me. an island in this theater, just <laughs> yeah. bunching your popcorn. It's just nice. Yeah, it's fucking That's awesome. funny. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever had the instance where you said you did that and some cowboy was just like, I don't give a fuck? There was a woman. Yeah? And her daughter. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't listen to me. I'm like, oh, the seat is wet, and she sat in it. And just completely and she fucking owned it because she just didn't i don't i don't want to hear you wow so but I, you know what i still looked at it as a win because i did that yeah <laughs> I'm like, you don't you want to be an asshole now now you're squishing around in that chair <laughs> there That's was me there was one time that i i'm almost certain i got caught but the the usher was like 16 17 years old and was like Probably thought it was fucking funny. Yeah. But I was literally mid-pour as he walked in with the <laughs> flashlight and the clipboard. <laughs> Management frowns on that, sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but now with the, you know, with with the the wide aisle. Yeah. Like seats. like when we go see Indy. Yeah. This theater. I mean, it's it's fucking awesome. It's, like, I love that. I, I love that. And it's it's a claustrophobia thing too, where you're like if I'm in the middle, I, I hate just brushing my ass across everybody's food. Yeah. You know, because yeah. there's just no room. And, yeah. and and you're trying not to fall over the people in front of you. So it's this balancing act yeah. to just kind of sideways crab walk out of yeah. the aisle. It was, granted, it was something we all had to do for years and years and years. But the fact that I don't have to do that anymore, I love. You just get up and stroll out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the leather seats because I do have another one. Okay. Uh, out here, do your seats recline? Yes. When I go to the movies and I get there early, I've got my snacks, and I'm like, all right, I'm putting my feet up. And it's like the leather is going. <laughs> the entire time your feet are going up. And I've gotten to the point where... <laughs> it's so funny if I go to the movies with my brother. I'll do that while making heavy eye contact. Just <laughs> it's just that the leather yeah. re- dragging dragging skin. across. <laughs> and I'm like, I fucking hate that. But it's like I do it early because there's nothing worse than the movie starting and it's dead quiet and you hear <laughs> just somebody going up. Yeah. Or if in the middle of the movie I gotta take a piss, I'm like, well. It's going back down. It's like a loud ass garage door. <laughs> I'm like that. I don't like. Yeah. I'm like it's such an obnoxious thing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's one of the only caveats to to the awesome new setup they yeah. have. It's the, it's that loud ass leather, and you hear it. It's a cacophony. People just. Oh yeah. 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 You know. And it just, it makes me laugh. But at the same time, I'm like, this is so stupid. It's just like, it's like the loudest fart, longest, you know, and it just, (laughs) yeah, I can't stand that shit. But I, yeah, if I go with like my brother or something, I'll just stare. Turn it it. into a bit. I do. I'll just stare at him the whole time I'm going up. And uh, there was one time we went and see. We went and seen The Purge. The Purge Anarchy. Okay. And I wanted to, I don't, I think the theater we went to had just converted, converted to the recliners. Okay. The motorized recliners. But what was funny was it wasn't the slow up and down 
that I just described, it was kind of like you press the button. If you held it, it just went real fast. And then when you put it down, it almost kind of shot you forward. Yeah. Because it went down with the vengeance. There wasn't many people there. And we kind of started this thing where when something fucked up would happen in the purge, I'd shoot forward and look at my brother like, did you see that? And he'd be like, zoom. He'd go up. Yes, I did. And then we would just go way back into recline again. And then someone would get killed. And I'd be like, did you see what just fucking happened? And I mean, it, we don't, you can only get away with it when there's nobody in there. Yeah. But it was just, that was one of the funnier instances where I was like, I'm going to turn this chair into a bit. Yeah. You yeah. know, this is going to be, we're going to make fun of this. Well, speaking of that, uh, you know, of doing a bit. Sure. You know, having fun in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um do you like it when it's a packed house? Like, cause like, we went and, you know, we saw Halloween when it, the first one, you know, was it 2017? I think it was. Oh, the, the, the David McBride. Gordon Green. Yeah. 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 Um, so we all went and super excited, you know, and, and it was a packed house. The audience was into it. Mm-hmm. And so there's not, it's, it wasn't obnoxious, but they were like laughing and, and, and cheering and, mm-hmm. you know, and people were like, kind of making jokes or saying things and everyone was kind of into it. Yeah. You know, it was like a real communal experience. Yeah. You know, that was, it was fun. It was an experience. It was, it it made the movie that much better. Yes. Versus those people that will just sit there and talk and be disrespectful and talk shit. Yeah. No, I, I do hate that. Yeah. And, and and it takes everything in me to not say something. And I'm sorry. Most of the time it's like high school kids. They come in this big group and they're just laughing it up and being obnoxious. And again, the phones, phones are out. And it's like when I see a big group of high school kids coming in, I'm just like, these fuckers, get off my lawn. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. because I know that when they're not obnoxious, I'm like, good on you. Your folks raised you right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. If, If it's a fun crowd, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's awkward if you go to a comedy and no one's laughing. That bugs the shit out of me. I'm like, damn, this... I mean, because honestly... There's nothing more awkward than seeing jokes bomb, you know, and I've been to a few comedies where I was just like, this is not mm-hmm. good. This is grim. One of my favorite, there's a couple that I really enjoyed. I mentioned on another episode about Freddy vs. Jason and kind of the rambunctious crowd I had there. Yeah. It fit because it felt like you were at a UFC fight. Everyone was cheering right? and that was fun. That's how the Halloween was for us. Right. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact... Now that you mention it, when I saw Halloween at the theater, the part that got everyone going was that one shotter where he's just walking through Haddonfield in and out of houses, just fucking people up. Yeah. The audience was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Everyone, yeah. You know, him yes. banging the chick's head against, <laughs> yes. you know. Yes. So that was, that stuck out. I remember going to, I want to say one of the Conjuring movies. It was a fairly packed house and there was this lady, she sat next to me with her friend a lot of people I've noticed will bring a blanket with them. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it was so funny because this lady, she kept pulling the blanket over her head because it was getting scary. That's awesome. And I just, I would see it out of the corner of my eye and I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah. But then at one point she pulled the blanket down and looked at me and she was just like, I'm sorry, I'm scared. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, no, no, That's I get awesome. it. I was like, I get it, babe. Just, That's awesome. You do you. I was yeah. like, I ain't judging you, man. <laughs> but... Uh, one of the biggest ones for me, and uh, I know you don't, you're the Marvel guy. <laughs> uh, j- joking aside, 
when I went and seen Infinity War. Okay. Okay. Uh, Avengers Infinity War was like the culmination of almost 30 movies meeting, like all of these movies we're meeting now to fight Thanos. Okay. And I think it's far enough along now that I can spoil it, I would say. He gets all the Infinity Stones and he snaps and dusts 50% of the universe because that was what he was going to do. Okay. And first of all, Thanos was, Josh Brolin played him and he had such a presence that it reminded me of like Darth Vader. Mm. Like when he appeared on screen, I was like, shit. Mm. Like I felt intimidated. In the comics, I know he's a big bad, but in this movie, there was weight to it because it was like you had heard through various sites that big characters were going to die oh, in this really? movie. Big characters. And, you know, people like me, you theorize because you're like, so-and-so's contract ended this year. So I'm like, I'm dreading seeing people that I think are going to die, die. Well, you get to the end. It's a three-hour movie. It's an epic. Wow. It is. But the last 10 minutes is one of the most chilling things I've seen in years. He snaps, and then there's no score. You just hear wind. And then all of a sudden, you see one character go, Steve? Like, he's walking. It's Bucky with the Winter Soldier. Okay. Steve? And then you see him. They turn into dust. And then you see another character. And there's no score, just wind. And it's so haunting. And I remember being in the theater and hearing audible gasps, people in the audience. And then after a few minutes, I was hearing people sob. Quietly. Quietly. You know what I mean? Just kind of, kind of one of those deals. And it was so overwhelming. And it, it, it's basically this generation's Empire Strikes Back. It ends on a fucking sour note. And then you're just like, here's the credits, go home. It's a very somber ending. And the fact that I saw it in such a packed house and could hear people reacting to it. There was a guy sitting next to me. He might have been in his 60s. And he goes, um, I forget who it was that dissolved. It was a big character. He was clearly a fan. And he went, not him. And this is a grown man. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, granted, if you've not watched any of these, it's an undertaking to get caught up to get to that moment. But if you've been here for the entire ride, it's like you're seeing your friends disappear. And this guy was clearly invested to that degree. I mean, I'm watching it like, damn, you know, this this got serious. But to hear the, the reactions in the audience was something I will never forget. Wow. Never. And that's why it left such an indelible imprint on me. Because if I just watched it at home or by myself, it would have been like, you know, it. it's same with like Empire where you're like, Damn, they're really going to end it there? <laughs> yeah. You know, that sucks. Because it f- it literally felt like I was at a wake. Wow. It was that heavy. It was like, and again, because there was no score, it's so quiet and so eerie that you just hear this wind and then you'll see some, and then Tom Holland, the Peter Parker, he's the only real kid of the movie. You know, everyone else, Robert Downey, Chris Evans, they're all adults. Then you see this kid. It's so heartbreaking. He come, He staggers over to Stark. And he goes, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And he, he goes, I got you, kid. I got you. And he, he holds him. And then all of a sudden you see him start to wisp. And he turns into a child. He's like, he starts to cry and goes, Stark, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then all of a sudden, and Stark's just dust in his arms. 
And it was like the tension in the theater was so palpable, you couldn't recreate it. I've never experienced something so strangely somber in my life. And this was a comic book movie. Everyone came here for the action and the spectacle of it Mm -hmm. all. And you could have heard a pin drop when the credits started to roll. And it was just, it was an experience. To that end, a different experience, which to me was satisfying as opposed to like traumatic. Uh, In 2000, I don't know if you remember in 2000, they brought The Exorcist back for three theaters. Yes. Okay. It was like LA, New York, and for some fucked up reason, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mm. I don't know why, because we're not, but we, we got it. It was just the three theaters, one night. I was in high school. I was my senior year, and uh, it was the version you've never seen, you know, with the spider walk and all that shit. All these guys that hung out with me, they knew I was the horror guy, and they're like, we're all going to go see The Exorcist tonight. Have you seen it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen it several times. I'm not seeing this version, but I was like, yeah, I've seen it. And they're like, you want to go with us, man? You want to go? And I'm like, have any of you seen it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, okay. And what was weird was I didn't warn them. Because in the back of my head, I'm like, I grew up on old shit. They didn't. They're going to laugh at this. And it's going to be awkward. I'm like, this isn't. And what was funny was when we got there, there's the scene where Reagan pisses on the floor. I heard giggles <laughs> and snickers. And it was like, I just, and my heart sank. I'm like, they're already laughing at it. This, this isn't supposed to be funny. But I'm like, this is a harbinger of what's coming. I'm like, this is going to be ridiculous. I think it's later that night, that scene where you see her getting flopped across the bed and the bed shaking from that moment on, nobody said a fucking word. I just remember as the movie increasingly got worse, you get your crucifix scene and this scene and that scene and the vomit and all nobody. It's almost like the theater held its breath. And I just remember to this day thinking it still got it. And it scared me. I'd only ever seen The Exorcist on VHS. So this was my first time seeing it at the theater. It was like an entirely new movie because you're surrounded by it now. And you hear all the noises and the breathing. And it scared the shit out of me. But what surprised me, again, that communal experience in a room with probably 70% fresh-eyed people who had never seen it. To see it have that effect was amazing. It was so cool to just just see a movie 30, 40 years old. Just shut an audience up. Yeah. It was like it's nice. Funny. We, yeah, I went too. With that that weekend? Yeah, I went too. Because, yeah, it was it was just like a limited engagement, it was, right? yeah. Because I know later on that year, I think it went nationwide and was out for like a regular run. Run, yeah. But that weekend, it was like three cities, and I was like, I better go. It, was, it seems like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It mm-hmm. felt like it was funny to see that movie have that effect on a modern audience. Because we're so jaded that, you know, a lot of the kids these days, they just laugh. They just laugh at shit. And I'm like, this movie's the titan of horror films. And I'm like, I don't want to see it get crucified by this stupid generation. You know, it didn't. It that was cool. It's a nice little win. It was. And it was just I just remember sitting there kind of looking around and just thinking it's still got legs. Mm -hmm. This this thing really. And the, the spider scene really fucked me up. Yeah. Because what was funny, I don't know if you remember, footage of that was out before. And it. do you remember the footage where it looks like she's kind of gliding? Mm-hmm. And then she flips over and she crawls after somebody. That's what I expected to see. I didn't expect her to come stomping full down. Full force. Full force and like spraying blood. I jumped a mile. It was yeah. horrifying. So even I, as someone who had seen it, 
in this little group that I went with, it still jarred me pretty good. Again, that's it's a tribute to the communal experience. Yeah. That you get to feel the electricity in the room yeah. when something truly scary happens. Okay, well, I have a fun question then. Sure. What is a movie you would like to see in the theater? That I haven't? That you haven't. Oh, God. You're going you're gonna to roll your eyes. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen Creep Show at the theater. No one's brought it back. And even the little flashback weekends yeah. that, that we talked about before. Right, right. It's, they usually just do blockbusters. So, yes, I've been able to see all the Star Wars. Yes, I've been able to see all the Indiana Jones. I've seen Jaws, Alien. But Creepshow's not a blockbuster movie. And it would have to be a place like out here. Like you, you mentioned in a couple episodes back about, wasn't there a theater that strictly plays 35 millimeter print? New, was it the New Beverly you said? It is, yeah. I feel like that's the only way I'd get to see something as niche as Creepshow. And it's the only one of my favorite movies that I've never had the theater experience. Creepshow, wow. But I've seen all the other, uh, Exorcist, Halloween, Friday the 13th, all of them. The big ones, I've been able to retroactively see them all because of a flashback weekend. Okay. I've even seen a, a big handful of Hitchcock movies. I've seen The Birds at the theater. I've yeah. seen Psycho, Rear Window, beautiful at the theater. But yeah, my personal favorite, I've never been able to see it. And I think it would be neat. I... Saw Creep Show at the New Beverly mm-hmm. in, God damn it, 2015? It would have been like it's 35th something or other. On Halloween. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, in 35. I, I he, envy you. They screened it. I want to say it was the 30th and the 31st. Mm-hmm. They screened it there. And yeah, I went and saw it there. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. I've seen... Whether it was you or other people we know in the business who live out here. Yeah. Sometimes I'll scroll through Instagram and I'm like, oh man, you got to see like, I think it was Tiffany Sheppis and her kids. Okay. This is a while back now, but she posted on Instagram or whatever. We all just went and seen Fright Night. And I'm like, Fright Night? Yeah. I'm like, they never play Fright Night out here. And I never, I was three when it came out. Yeah. So Fright Night's always been a home video movie for me. Well, I will, I will, I will present this then. Mm-hmm. If it's in the cards and everything works out mm-hmm. and you do end up becoming a California resident full time, full time, um, you and I will definitely be theater buddies because there's like, man, I'll have to show you just the amount of theaters that are in L.A. that just show everything. Sure. And it's not just Friday. I mean, it's seven days a week. That's amazing. They're showing stuff, you know, and what's cool about it out here is... It's at a theater that's so well-known, and, and it is Hollywood. More than likely, one or more of the stars that are in the film... They show up. So they're there. And they're it's like not... like Q- Q&As or anything? It's not or? even really a Q&A thing. It's hang out in the lobby and bullshit afterwards or before. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I remember, what was it? It was, uh, we went and saw Return of Living Dead. Oh, wow. And it, uh, Clue was there. Really? Hanging out with that, his son. That would have been neat. Just not, just went, you yeah. know, and was just like... It wasn't part of the bill. No, just bullshitting. Yeah. You know, just hanging out with everyone and just bullshitting, you know, and it's... It's it's it is a really different experience, you know, because I mean I've I, you know I've been in different states and gone to the movies and it's just it's a just a theater, just going to see a movie and then yeah. you leave. But here it's just such a lifestyle that they celebrate older. Yes, it, it, it's cinema. 
Yeah. Cinema is just celebrated. It's just, right. it's so ingrained, you know, to, in, to the residents, mm-hmm. filmmakers and non-filmmakers. It's yeah. just, there's, there's people that just love cinema so much, especially from living in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know that the, the, a group of people sitting at El Coyote either just watched a movie or are about to go watch a movie. Because yeah. they're just talking film. And it's just so fucking cool. Yeah. Just because how much I love movies. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's not even the filmmaker part. It's just, I fucking love movies. It's the experience. Yeah. And it's like, yes, I love horror films. And I don't want to just make horror films. I have a couple of different ideas that I would love to achieve one day. You know, like a, a Western. Like, you know, I've written a sure. Western. And comedies. And, you know, I even have a drama. There's an action in there. And... You know, obviously horror horror films are the wheelhouse. Sure. It's home. You know, it, it feels good. But I remember a really fucking funny story. Mm-hmm. After shooting all these short films and like, you know, all these effects and blood and guts and bones and just destruction. And I remember my cameraman, like after a particularly bloody scene, mm-hmm. he's splashed with blood. I'm splashed with blood. And we weren't even like we were behind the camera. Yeah. We have a guy working effects and there's literally pieces flying around. And with just the most sincere, honest intentions, Mm -hmm. he says, are we ever just going to make a normal movie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I promise one day. And I and I like tapped him on the shoulder and I was just like, fuck no. (laughs) Yeah. Who wants to do that? Why? But it would be fun because we would be able to take advantage of a lot of things. Like that would be cool. Yeah, we would be able to take advantage of a, a lot of of films that are out there. You would get a lot of new experiences under your belt. Sure, like you really would, and it would be, it'd be cool. And to to Michigan's credit, there are theaters out there. I, I remember a couple years ago they did a Back to the Future trilogy. They did Bill and Ted, Grease, but I have such peculiar tastes. I'm like, how come I'm not seeing like spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. or how come maybe I want to watch Conan the Barbarian or Yeah. And it's like every year and here's what's funny, this year in September, which who knows when this will air, but it could have already happened. This September, my theater is doing it looks like a carpenter a thon. Okay. And they're playing They Live and Christine. Wow. Both of which I would love to see at the theater and never really thought I would have. Right. Because those aren't tentpole massive. It's like it's not Jaws or Shawshank Redemption or Top Gun, which you see pretty much every other week. Right. You know, those are the ones they lean on. Right. And I, and that's fine. You know, I like that too, but I have such a niche proclivity. You yeah. Know, I, I love seeing rare or... Not as celebrated films. You right. know, I would love, like Fright Night, you know, when I saw Shepis and then went and seen that. Or there, I think they went to like a Night of the Demons. Yeah. I'm like, I'd love to see Night of the Demons at the theater, man. Yeah. How come we don't do that shit? And it's just, that's the kind of thing I would love to come out here for. Yeah. And, just... and, and you know what? And this is what's cool. So let me give you a quick rundown. So as of right now, uh-huh. right now, as we're doing this, mm-hmm. okay, right now, playing at the New Beverly right now, starting at midnight in 35 is... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. But then a few of the movies that are coming yeah. over over the next month in July, we've got Jaws. Cool. We've got Easy Rider mm-hmm. paired with Beavis and Butthead to America. Wow. We have Critters, <sighs> Critters 2 with Mick Garrison person. Nice. 
We have Scarface. Oh. We have uh, The Hateful Eight, mm. A Clockwork Orange. We have The Big Heat. We have Slapshot. The Fifth Element. Uh, We have an 80s action spectacular four film marathon. Did they say what? No. Mm. Nope. Um, We have It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Mm -hmm. Killer's Kiss with Stranger's Kiss. We have Hook. Wow. We have Slaughter. I Escape from Devil's Island and Crack House. Triple feature. Crack House? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. We have... A fistful of dollars and a few dollars more. There's my spaghettis. Exactly. And this is all screening in 35. And this is like... Just the summer lineup. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, it's just... I don't go as much because the people that I used to go with, I just don't really see anymore. Sure. It's not that I don't want to go... I won't go alone. I would go to the theater alone because, you know, I've I've done it. But I don't want to get in my car and drive an hour and a half to L.A. and sit there and then get a ticket, go in, watch this movie, and then drive home an hour and a half alone. Without anyone to talk to about it. And, of course, you will talk to other cinephiles. Sure. At the theater. And you will definitely run into people you know, for sure. Yeah. Because there's industry people there. You know, they they all go and, and watch all this stuff. I just stopped going because I was like, eh, I don't, I don't want to drive all the way down there alone. It's kind you of know? a bummer. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, 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 it's a big undertaking. Um, but, you know, if, if you were to come out here, it, it, we would probably kick this shit into high gear. Sure. You know. It's, just be theater buddies. Yeah. And, it, and it's cool because... It's usually like, you know, you go to the new Bev, you you know, you catch a double feature, then you're at Cantor's at like three o'clock in the morning, having breakfast, coffee, talking about what you just saw. Yeah. Then it's a nice cruise home. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's, it's a cool experience. So yeah. I like that, man. Yeah. I I hope to do that. Yeah. I think so. But well, I mean, I think it's pretty much that time. It was fun. We covered a lot of weird shit. We may have deviated from the peeves. We did, but you know that, they're they're still in there. That was kind of the first half of the episode, and yeah. then, we, then we sort of redeemed it with the positive. Yeah. You know? So I'm happy with this episode, and it was still pretty good. It was always a celebration of them. It yes. always is. Yes. So. All right, man. Well, until next time, we'll see you guys. <laughs>